Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we were joined by a man today I'm sure we're going to hear from again. He's the co-chairman of Gloucester City. He had quite a story to tell. And he was quite the character, Max, wasn't he? He really, he was excellent. You know, quite often chairmen are not sort of broadcast savvy. But he was, he milked his ten minutes, didn't he? He was brilliant. Um, Steve Hill joined us, the author. He's written Wall of Sport, My Descent into Multi-Screen Madness. He was very entertaining. Jamie O'Hara joined us to talk about the art of the free kick and his uh, memories of it. And, of course, we had a bit of a chat about various things. We got you involved and yet another uh, groundbreaking Cruyff or Binny. I was setting the questions, Max was answering them, but how did he do? Let's find out. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Yeah, good afternoon. Uh, nice to hear Jim saying Roland de Chatelet, wasn't it? I've not heard... It was a... Well, <laughs> Sangar was in, but yeah. he di- it didn't stop him giving yeah. us a, a solo de Chatelet. We got, we got one de Chatelet. Do yeah. you... Uh, I mean, when you practice... Everybody practices a gym, don't they? I mean, when you practice... <laughs> the two footballers that I... Uh, before de Chatelet, yeah. the two that I would really work on were Schut Avaladze and Peter Lovenkrantz. <laughs> I, I don't know if you can improve on that, but it I was... Don't, they're good. That's good. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've not heard him say that. A lot. I mean, no, I, 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 I think that was really that's that sort of 2008 Sky Sports new vintage. There's <laughs> not a lot to say about Avalade or Lovenkrantz at the moment. Is no, it? I don't know. Be quiet I don't on know. that front. Yeah. Um, do you know who I feel sorry for, Paul? Okay, we're well, going to have to narrow that down a bit. <laughs> the Arsenal marketing department. Obviously, when you're t- as you can see, with Tottenham are doing well. Aren't oh yeah, they, right? yeah. And so obviously, their social media can be lots of fun. They're all playing cricket, having a nice time. But you still got a shift. The merch, haven't you? You've got to shift all the stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So today, you know, uh, Arsenal tweet out, um, uh, I like the fire emoji, inspired by the no- 90s. The Arsenal Adidas Originals collection, hashtag created with Adidas. A picture of Ainsley May and Niles looking really quite cool and quite a nice tracksuit top. Yeah. But obviously, it just, you are ripe, aren't you, for Danny? At least we're going to get relegated in style. Robin, I'm going to give the same amount of effort <laughs> into buying this as the players gave in their previous four home league games. Rosie, I like this one. These are fire, but I'm, I am low-key embarrassed to wear them. Ah, oh, kiss. <laughs> wow. So there we are. What can you do? Still yeah. got to try and shift it, but people are, people are angry, aren't they? It's aren't quite, they? yeah, when a team is struggling, and you're right, the, the, the merchandising department have got to push it hard. It is quite difficult. But, I mean, I, I, doubt if, I doubt if the head of marketing there sits there and reads all of the comments. <laughs> oh, I think it will be a bit soul-destroying. <laughs> I think the head of marketing is there on the But, you know, the, your team is life, not just for Christmas, isn't it? So I, I think, totally you know, fans, fans totally will still agree. buy that. There's thick and thin yeah. merchants out there. That, yeah. I mean, that's gallows humour. They'll still go and buy stuff. They'll yeah, still buy right. things. For you're the, not... You're, you, I mean, I don't know how Chardon Freud are you 
have. You're not that kind of guy. You don't, no, because you know. I believe in football karma. I'm, I'm a bit like that with Andy. I'm, I'm not one to crow because um, I know that these things are cyclical. Yes. Um, and and not really the, a round cyclical for no, Tottenham fans. No, not they? really. No. I mean, this, if I was ever going to crow, this would be the time to do it. But, you know, I, 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 I think we're always one step from disaster. Sure. You're not scrolling, so, you're not scrolling no. for Arsenal fan TV to see no, four no, evenly no. spaced men I mean, look, if stuff's sent out on social media, of course, oh, I, right. I, I will watch it yeah. and there'll be a... But I'm not, I'm not going to start... I've got mates who are Arsenal fans. I'm not going to get in their face. <laughs> ah, <laughs> well, oh. why, because it'll come back to bite me <laughs> on the bum. It right. always does, doesn't it, sure, really? Yeah. Have, have we? Uh, has anyone discussed Jack Nicholas's uh, grandfather-in-law? Well, no, not uh, on I, this show. No. I think when you sent it to me, this I had, I had to read it a few times because it just didn't register. No. Um, his his um, his daughters got married. His, his, his granddaughter, his oldest granddaughter, Christy right. Nicholas. Yeah, um, my son Jack's <clears> second <throat> oldest child mm. just got married to somebody called Todger Strunk. I don't have any comments to no. make, but I just, you know, it's an interesting name. Todger Strunk. To Todger th- Strunk. Do you think at some point when he's been over to England um, and um, he said, yeah, can I just get a name in looking for a table? In- <laughs> Todger. Sorry? <laughs> and it, it's that thing of it obviously meaning nothing in the States. So how did he get that nickname? Do we know? I where, don't know. Is it you not get his nick- name? Is it, not, is it not his actual name? I haven't done enough research. No, it's, I believe it's not, he's called no one, Todger. No one christens their kids Todger. <laughs> I think they might. He does sound like a golfer, doesn't he? Can you imagine Bob Bubka really going and Mate. just missing the cut there? <laughs> Todger <laughs> Strunk. Paul and Andy Green news for Todger <laughs> Strunk. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Well, Bob did tell us the other day that he saw. Um, uh, who was the golfer? Sandy Lyle in suspenders. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, he did oh, tell marvelous. us that. I didn't know that. about that. Braces, <laughs> Cabaret act. But, uh, yeah, Todger, I mean, it's, I'm trying to think. It, it's, is, he, is his name Todd? And, you know, when, when the kids, you know, you, when the kids are young, you, if he's little Todd, he becomes little Toddy, little Todge, little, no, <laughs> not little Todger. But you, you know what I mean? It could be, it could be a derivative of possible, that. isn't it? Yeah, I reckon he started okay, out as Todd. Okay. Well, anyone has Todd, a Was it Todd Stunk, did you say? Todd Strunk. Todd Strunk. Strunk. It was close to okay. Shrunk, which would be really, <laughs> yeah. would be a really disappointing yeah, that's right. yeah, state yeah. of affairs, wouldn't it? Anyway. Everyone has a name. That's right. Know, there now, we are. We, we want, we'd like to hear from you this afternoon um, on the day you were forced out of retirement. But I suppose that's effectively, that's what happened to Pete, uh, Petr Cech last night. The One of the uh, Chelsea staff, of course, very senior position at the club. But he's still registers, registered as a player. And the under-23s played Tottenham last night. And uh, I think Chelsea won 3-2. It was quite a lively game. Some tackles flying in from what I saw. But um, Petacek was in goal for the the under twenty threes, and it did. I mean, I imagine with a bit of reluctance that he had all these young, fit, keen lads. A chat in the dressing room. He just won't fit in. Do you think he's trying to fit in? Going, you know, yeah. Talking about Tinder and things. He's like, you see, oh come on, Grandad. You think think he was? He might have been. High fiving everybody. We didn't want to know. Spondicious. This is really spondicious, isn't it? So we'd like to hear about the time sports wise you were. You were uh, forced out of retirement. Someone said, "Oh, go on, look, we, you know, we've only got ten. Or can you just make up the numbers?" I know, I know you haven't played. No one expects anything of you. It'll be fine. Look, it's just a bit of fun. Cut to them on your back the first time you give the ball away. Exactly. Yes, yeah, so I put it out on Twitter. Um, a few had a few good ones. Uh, John says, "Not me, but my dad. He came over to Australia from London eight years ago for a holiday. The day he arrived, I had a five-a-side final at the Albert Park Pit Lane Courts. He came to watch. The keeper didn't turn up." Dad was forced to play 20 years after his last game. We won, and he still displays the trophy. That's good. Slightly different one from Perry. 
I hadn't played in goal for nine years. I was asked to play for a local team by a friend at the age of 36. I had a howler. We lost 7-0. I, I heard at one point, shoot from anywhere, he's useless. <laughs> That's the thanks you get for making up the numbers. There was a knock on my door one afternoon. I right. can't remember in what second, but sure enough. And it was somebody I knew said, are you doing anything, H? I said, uh, not particularly, no. He said, do you fancy refereeing a football match? And I said, well, no, not particularly. <laughs> oh, no. And they said, well, look, we've got a game on. The ref hasn't turned up. I just I just thought I couldn't think of anybody. Have you refereed before? I said, well, yeah, kids football and stuff like that. Could you turn out? And I said, yeah, go on. I didn't want sort of 22 lads to have turned up. No. And they said, I think it was supposed to be a league game, but it wouldn't be recognised as a league game well, because of me, but they fine. all wanted to play. What age are the, what age are the kids? Oh, they were, no, they were sort of... Blokes in their twenties. Oh, 20s. Well, right. So it was like, yeah, okay. yeah, so, Oh, right. So, up so in your face. I hope. I uh, I go down there and uh, I walk out and they go, oh, mate. Thanks ever so much. Both captains. It's really good of you. I know <laughs> you're sort of, you know, it's cr- I was within five minutes. Uh, what are you talking about, mate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike. Yes. And at the end of it, I went home. I just I sort of slunk off. <laughs> After I didn't, didn't have a bad game. I didn't think. But Did you I, book I, anyone? I had no liners. No, I didn't book anyone. Okay, right. I wasn't that officious. Right. But I had nobody running the line. It was all complete mess but then I went home and then the, the person who'd asked me to come out just turned up with this big bag of change <laughs> which it had a whip the money the ref would have got so it was about coins. 20 quid in oh, coins oh, no. a bit of bronze in there oh, you're a good just, man for doing that yeah I mean I, I, I was, was, it, was it cold it was fairly oh, cold and no. muddy. I was I was really regretting it once they got in my case because but I wasn't I wasn't going to flounce you know I was but anyway look it happens you get yes. called out of retirement I was forced out of retirement for tennis age 58 says Danny in an exhibition in Australia as my son withdrew. Um, I beat Leighton Hewitt, the former Wimbledon winner, what? one set. Did you really, Come Danny? On. Or was that a dream you had? <laughs> I think that may have been a dream you had. Um, Paul in Liverpool wants TV formats for Todger Strunk. Do you, uh, is that a road we want to go down? Um, I think it's high risk. I wouldn't take calls on it. No. I'd like <laughs> an element of control. Look, it's not, my, I, it's not my show, is it? And I'm I, happy to take the risks here. I mean, I think you'd predominantly have to deal with a surname, and I can't really think of um, Strunk the place out. I don't, is that like a sort a makeover show like a Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen where he comes in it's better if you leave off his first name off that show yeah isn't it? that's right yeah um, anything involving his first name I think is very high risk but anyway look we'll, we'll see if, if you can if you can work your way in talksport.com forward slash H&J text to 81089 or tweet to TSH&J TSH-A-N-D-J tell us your stories in person but not your Todger Strunk uh, TV formats. Oh eight seven one seven double two double three double four. Forced out of retirement, like good old Petacek last night. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Paul Hawksby and uh, Max Rushton uh, here on Talksport. Uh, you're trying to be as delicate as you can uh-huh. around uh, the nick- the name of uh, Jack Nicholas's. Uh, grandson, I suppose he's married into the family, isn't he? Yeah, Yeah, he's married Jack's uh, eldest granddaughter and his name is uh, Todger Strunk. Yeah. We've never quite got to why. Um, Honey, I I strunk the kids, says uh, Daniel. A documentary in which Todge, he's calling him Todge now, that's better, I think, (laughs) babysits. I'm not sure how good a documentary that will be. Matthew says, uh, strunk in the middle with you. Uh, Todger goes around the Australian outback visiting sheep farms looking for the best 
Uh, from the sheep world. That's from Matthew from... The best uh, of the sheep world. That, <laughs> you, you lost interest in that yourself, didn't you? Anyway, we've all been complaining about the fact we can't go and watch our, our teams play at home. No crowds in there. It's been ages since we've been along to a match. Well, uh, imagine being a Gloucester City fan because uh, they've been waiting to watch a game at home since 2007. But uh, the crowds are back this evening and uh, joining us now, co-chairman of Gloucester City, uh, Alex uh, Peterham. Good afternoon, Alex. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth pointing out, um, obviously, you've, you know, you've not been doing repairs to the ground. Well, you have been, but that's not the reason why you've not been there for thir- 13 years. It goes back to the floods in 2007, doesn't it? Yeah, so um, 2007, this season had finished and we were, we were in the pre-season. Um, we had fans around the ground doing the usual non-league repairs that fans and owners do, um, painting fences and whatever else. And then, if you cast your mind back to that summer, it was the, the you know, exceptionally wet, and uh, the River Seven rose and rose and rose, and our ground flooded. And there's the iconic photographs of the uh, water up to the crossbar. Mm. Um, then we basically spent 13 and a half years then in exile playing at Forest Green and um, Cheltenham Town and um, Eversham, there, and which, to point out, is a different county. That's actually in Worcestershire. So we spent 13 and a half years um, to get back home. Uh, I get asked all the time, why is it taking so long and how come the insurance doesn't pay out? Well, people don't realise that a couple of years before, the pitch and the clubhouse flooded, um, not to the same levels, obviously, because we were able to play um, the following season but due to that our insurance obviously then excluded flood risk um, from our policy so sadly oh, wow. when it, as it flooded this time we were very much left pardon the expression high and dry because we were far from high and far from dry <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden you know we had to fight the council and fight everyone to get planning permission um, because we needed to build on the same ground but we needed to increase the pitch by by four metres in height. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, numerous numerous fallouts and fighting happened with various uh, local authorities. And, um, yeah, as you can imagine, every man and his dog was involved in Gloucester. Uh, it took us a long, long, long time and an awful lot of money. And we finally, uh, we finally started work at the start of this year, back in January, straight after Christmas, ironically. Mm. Um and then as we were building, we were getting wind of uh, of obviously the issues and the troubles over in China with COVID-19. Um, and we were starting to have problems with deliveries and floodlight deliveries being late and seat deliveries being late because they were obviously being made overseas. Um, and then we eventually fought and fought and fought and fought and we managed to get the ground completed for the start of the season, which was always our goal. Uh, and obviously, by at that point, we'd gone through the first lockdown. Yeah. Um, and we managed to, uh, yeah, return home, but we had no fans. So, 13 and a half years later, even though we had a ground and we were back home, and it was all personally paid for in cash with myself and the, my co-chairman Eamon McGurk, um, we physically couldn't allow anyone in. But they're back tonight. So, uh, they are back tonight, are Alex. That's the important thing, tonight, of course. Yeah. yeah. So we're obviously heavily reduced on capacity like everyone else is, but yeah. we're just delighted to be able to welcome some fans back in tonight. Uh, Excellent. And yeah. it's, it, it feels like it's a huge game. And 
that isn't that isn't me being disrespectful to any you know the opposition or or, or the or the trophy itself. Uh, it just feels like it's a, an FA Cup final for us rather than an FA Trophy second round. You know? Sure, yeah, understandably. God, it makes it just show sort of you know you've lived <clears throat> you've lived this for such a long time. You, you sound so sort of you sort of sound shattered, from, you know, really tired from the whole thing. It must be a it, massive it relief really is, for you. It really is exhausting, you know. So we were taken away by the floods and then we were held back and stopped by COVID nineteen. So it, I, and we we got approached by uh, Netflix to see if we would do a film on it. A right. documentary about the journey. Um, so uh, yeah, you should have said yes. I mean, day. it can be quite well, lucrative. That uh, it could have paid paid, paid for, for the floodlight. Paid it. <laughs> well, yeah. hopefully, it could have paid for a bit more than that, and we could have uh, had a go at uh, a bit of a uh, a bit of a trophy run or an FA Cup run, or or even getting out of the league. So uh, yeah. So how many can you have tonight, Alex? How many can you have in the ground? Um, Nine hundred. And seventy-eight. Well, that's very specific, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had to think very carefully. Yeah, nine hundred and seventy-eight is the exact number. I don't quite understand how the maths work, but I don't understand a lot of the uh, a, a lot of the rules that are around. Right. Um, and how many do you normally get? I mean, how many? Are you... um, well, the the ground itself can hold four thousand. Um, we would probably expect around about eighteen hundred. Right. Okay. Um, so that that would kind of be. That would kind of be where we were. Around about eighteen hundred would be a would be a, a typical a typical Saturday crowd. You've got to bear in mind Gloucester's the largest or the only city in the country that has never had a league side. Oh wow! Never had a league team, and when you, when you think about you know there's two hundred thousand chimney pots in Gloucester, it really is a big city. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great stat, isn't it? Is, isn't it? <clears throat> That's one to tell your so mates in the. Is pub. that the plan then? Is that the dream? Well, we're currently top of the um, National League North. Um, so we very much would like to... We, we always wanted to come back to, come back to Gloucester and have a go. Um, so we've put a, we found a bit of a budget. Um, we seem to spend it all on sweets and hand sanitizer and fairness. But <laughs> we did manage to find a little bit of a playing budget, which is now all, you know, as managers can do, that's managed to evaporate. Um, so we're currently top of the league. Um, we're hopeful that we can be in and around the business end at the end of the season, um, because of all the analogies of you were nothing at Christmas are exceptionally true. But uh, so we're hopeful that we can be in and around it come the end of the season. If we can get into the playoffs and roll a dice and get lucky, then. Well, I think you deserve a bit of luck. I think you definitely deserve a bit of luck. The other thing is, uh, people didn't hear wrong, uh, Conference North. So on yeah. the face of it, it's not very northern, uh, is it? Uh, you haven't even, you, your show's not long enough to get me started on that. <laughs> so but it's the cut-off, we, isn't it? Other teams come into the league and then they move the parameters. So, yeah, yeah that's we right. Are the northern, we are the most northern team in the southern or the most southern team of the northern section. <laughs> So in the past six years, we've played in both tiers twice. Wow. The problem, just to, the, and this is a message to the National League, mm. right? The problem they don't seem to understand is it's very hard for us to have a player on a two-year or a two-year deal at Gloucester because we can never guarantee we'll be in the north or the south. Right. So naturally, if we're in the north like we are this year, we would naturally look for our recruitment to be in and around the Birmingham area and that way. I so got you, yeah. Bird, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, if we're in the south of the country, we would naturally look for our recruitment to be 
um, in and around Gloucester, down to Bristol, into Swindon. Right. That all makes perfect sense. Yeah, I, I can the see that. The problem we have is when they play the game of roll the dice and upset Alex, which they do every <laughs> single year. That's what they call it. I've seen the minutes. It's really good. It's on Dave. I've seen it? the minutes. Roll the dice and upset Alex, it That's says. It's a game, right? They've yeah. literally got a game of snakes and ladders, <laughs> and they put my face on the board, right? And they go, do you know what? Let's upset the geezer. Let's yeah. move him from the north to the south. To the south I look yeah. at my players, and they all go. So all of my players love to sneak in the clause expenses, and I'm sat there going, I could do thousands. Yeah. Because if I get a player from Bristol, because we think we're in the south, and then we get blithe away first game in the season, like mm. we did last season. Thank you very much, National League. Um, <laughs> I've got I've got fellas travelling four four. Uh, no, hang about about seven hours. Yeah, can't wait. Of course. So you that... need a stretch after that, don't yeah. you? Seven-hour drive. Is that the furthest? What's the furthest you plane away from your place? Then is it Blythe? Oh, again, some... you haven't got. Yeah, the show's not long enough. <laughs> oh, okay. <Last> <laughs> night, <laughs> well, he we isn't. Let's be honest. Yeah, last Tuesday night. What? Sorry, Alex. Last Tuesday night we were at Gateshead. Oh wow! Well, on a t- Gateshead on a Tuesday night. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that that is. That is ridiculous. It, it, it really is utterly farcical. Right. They love to move us about the country at all different times of the night. Um, <laughs> the only the only winner in this is KB Coaches, and now I've got a plug on national radio. <laughs> I might give you a dizzy now. That's it. Good old KB Coaches. Yeah. So much of this I hadn't I, I, considered. Yes, yeah, it's the practicalities of I've being a, a lower league uh, co-chairman. Look, Alex, we're sadly we're out of time. Yeah, but at the end of the show. Have a you. Go, have I told a, you that. Have a. Um, <laughs> We've run out. Hope it all goes well tonight. And uh, look, it's been a long road back, but I'm sure it'll all be worth it. I said we should say Paul Groves. You might get some Grimsby fans coming down to what, what to pray out the pro- altar of Paul Groves, your new manager. He's a club uh, legend what, there, isn't he? he? He's a he's an absolute proper bloke. What a superstar he is. You know, we're yeah. delighted to have him, and we're delighted to get him in from uh, from the sunny uh, sunny heights of Israel. So, yeah, he was um, at Maccabi Haifa. He was working with John Gregory. He was yeah. in India with John Gregory. and uh, they, was, they were moved into the Israel North League. They, yeah, he yeah, was very right. upset about yeah, that. Yeah, so he a lat on a Tuesday night. <laughs> so, all right, Payne. In October, he was playing against, uh, for Maccabi Haifa, he was playing against Tottenham Hotspurs at the new, uh, at the yeah. new uh, stadium there. Um, and now on a, uh, a Tuesday night, he gets the uh, the dizzy heights of a five-hour trip on a coach at Gateshead. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Alex, we'll, look, we'll keep in touch. I hope it all goes well. Thanks very much. Take care. See you soon. Take Thank care. You. He's a boy, isn't he? He's great. Yeah. And Alex Peterham there. I'd, Co- never, I'd never thought about floodlight um, delivery either. I never thought about Obviously, yeah. they need, you need to get them from somewhere. Yeah. I'd never thought about that process. But like he says, you know, they, they flip between the north and the south. And it, that recruitment thing, he's right, you know, yeah. because he wants to, doesn't want them all travelling up and down and all the mileage and everything. So. Came, occasionally, Cambridge get put in the northern section of the, whatever, the Papa John's Jaffa well, yeah. Cake Cup or whatever it is. Yeah. And, uh, Makes me feel very northern. I feel you, quite, you feel yeah, a bit more northern. Get a you get, I get a whip it in a flat cap. And yeah, walk around well, town. It's, it's important not to be cliched about the north. <laughs> I think you're it? probably right. The northern <laughs> transmitter goes a bit quiet. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Can I thank Ian, who oh, has yeah. uh, tweeted me and James Wade to say that uh, Max says, um, <clears throat> wants to know how much he owes you, James. So, For fixing you know, the we'll clear. See if James comes back in the next yeah. couple of hours. We can. He's probably can forgotten it. He's probably forgotten probably that has. whole thing. Uh, Danny says, as a painter and decorator, I always book the customers that are the best tippers in just before Christmas. They usually double up. It's all about knowing your client base. <laughs> oh, what if they don't want anything painted? You just turn really? up at the door with a, a pot of emulsion and say, I'll do your hallway. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Bob White, so good old Jimmy, says on the subject of tipping, Henry Blofeld ended up staying at one of my friend's houses. They had a mutual acquaintance. Uh, when my friend's wife was cleaning the room after Henry had left, she found he'd left an envelope with a tip in it. Oh, that's quite oh. nice, just for, I, I mean, that's blowers all over. As they say, but I get, I tie myself in knots with knowing who to tip and who not to tip. It's a very difficult, it's a difficult path. Have to you ever negotiate. been tipped, Max? Any is any? Part I used of your to work. Being... Yes, yeah. I was a uh, um, without wanting to you know, stick to any stereotypes. My summer job was a punch chauffeur in Cambridge. I had a, <laughs> had a little boater. Did you? Really? It was very good. It was cash in hand. That yeah. was good. And one half of your body got very fit. Right. Yeah. Because uh, you you know you're just pushing the pole up and down for. Uh, uh, you know, hours after Would hours. you sing? Did Bill Sykes I, ever into your punt, did you? Or no, what? I didn't sing. I did once steal the, the uh, League Cup while on a punt. Eh? Because what a uh, story. the first ever game that ITV Digital did was uh, Cambridge West Brom. I mm. think it turned out it would have been cheaper for them to just to pay everyone who watched the game and, to go. And you're going to tell me now that Jim Rosenthal, who was, who was left in charge of the trophy for <laughs> ITV, went for a pre-match punt, which is something he likes to do. So they're obviously all, they're obviously like filming the pre-match. What can we do? So they take the League Cup out on a punt. Yeah, ah, okay. So I'm punting one way with these customers, and then coming past me the other way is the League Cup. So I just pass, I just lean down and pick it up and just spread it in my boat wow. and punt away. Then some people with clipboards got very scared because I yeah. didn't actually because you normally can't touch those trophies. You normally get whenever we have a trophy in the studio, a couple of heavies turn mm, up with all the trophies. Or there's the special gloves. It's like, like Spinal Tap. Don't even look at yeah, it. They I, don't like it. I do didn't they? have the special gloves, and I um, I, I sullied it. It's heavier than you'd think it would be. Yeah. Uh, in many many 
ex-pros will have lifted the League Cup, but yeah. for those who've never lifted it, quite heavy, worth quite a lot of money. Wow, okay. And some people were quite worried. Didn't I end up t- in the cam, though, did no, he? didn't drop no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> that wouldn't have been good, no, would it? It's quite, I couldn't have like, punted to the North Sea either, because wow. there's, a, there's a big lock in the way. There's quite a lot of work to do yeah, there, that's yeah. true. But uh, so you, 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 a few Full tips, of anecdotes you today. Hey, you know, I can use them all up today. Yeah, There'll be nothing tomorrow. Do you want a sporting tips anecdote involving oh, yeah, my, my late dad? Oh, I'd love one, yeah. Uh, I've told Ronnie this, actually, when he came in, but uh, my dad um, was doing some work in one of Ronnie O'Sullivan's dad's shops many, many, many years ago. Okay. And um, he came in to see how the, my dad and the other, the other guys were getting on with the, this refit they were doing. And um, uh, Ronnie's dad said, should we have a cup of tea? And they said, yeah, let's have a cup of tea. Well, apparently there was, there was, but they had no sugar. Okay. So he said, uh, my dad said, I'll pop next door. And he said, so he, he said, no, here are. So he gave him 50 quid. He said, uh, just take it out of that, get some sugar. So he came back from the shop next door with a your standard bag of, uh, of, of Tate and Lyle. And Ronnie's dad said, no, you're right then, keep the change. Keep the change. That's good, isn't it, from a 50? Keep the change from a 50. But then three or four days later on, he came in again, uh, Ronnie Senior, and said, uh, do you have a cup of tea? And he said, yeah. And he said, "Uh, sugar for me. He said, oh, no, we've run out of sugar. (laughs) Didn't work a second. He was, of course, he was just kidding. So there we are. Uh, The world of tipping in the world of sport. Absolutely. I mean, brought together. And the world of 50-pound notes. Extraordinary thing. Don't think I've ever had one. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, it's a different world. The so, okay, if you, if you want to bring the worlds of tipping and sport together, unlike Charlie the cabbie, we has uh, got in touch because a lot of cabbies will now get in touch yeah. and they will say, "I'll tell you, doesn't tip," and it's a bit unfair, isn't it? Really, because <laughs> I mean, I, I know this person, so I think he wouldn't be having me on, but I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to. Whereas know. I will just look. Send them over to me. I'll read them out Saturday morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Because we, miss- we can't... I mean, I, I'm sure this is the case, but some people tip, you know, some multi-millionaire footballers tip and some don't, you know, as, as we uh, as we discover. So anyway, um, let us know. Talksport.com, text 1889, tweet J. Paul, has all that nattering got in the way of Croy for Binney? No, it's later. Oh, great. Oh, what a it's coming up later, and it's very topical <sighs> this afternoon. Okay. Going to hear from the uh, managers uh, this afternoon as well. And you are telling us um, how many of these... Can we do? Oh yeah, we asked you if you've ever been forced out of retirement. Petr Cech played for Chelsea under twenty threes last night, probably reluctantly, but he's registered as a player. I suppose, it's, you know, get back on the tours for a Absolutely. bloke like him who spends yeah. a lot of time in the office these days. Um, this comes from Carl. Not played rugby for two years. Decided to go on the bench for a third team. Came on in the second half, uh, straight from the kickoff. Went to make a tackle and snapped my arm. Now officially retired. Um, arm snapping is that an official? Uh, I mean, it's fairly graphic. Five yes. second return says five uh, Carl. seconds. So yes. if you were if you were called out of retirement, um, forced out of retirement, talksport.com forward slash H and J. Text eight to ten eighty nine. Richard says to yeah. ask to play Roch- for Rochdale Police Divisional Team. Tough place to go after not playing for 15 years because of low numbers. First game ruptured my Achilles tendon. (laughs) Three months off work, quit football for good. I now play ice hockey. Blimey, that's the reverse Peter Check, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's going straight to ice hockey. Sucker for punishment. Yeah, keep those coming, please. Uh, and just very quickly, Dieter Johansson wrote to the Sun, which is not a phrase you expect to use every day. No, uh, he uh, suggested a penalty shootout um, by Rebecca Vardy and Colleen Rooney to to save everybody a lot of time and money in the courts. But it's, I thought that was, as ideas go, it's not a bad one, is it? I mean, so do you think that would TV be the good format? way to, yes, the good way to sort idea. it out? I mean, all great great disputes uh, from history settled is there, via penalty shootout. Is it? 
is it against a goalkeeper? Like, is David Seaman in goal? Yeah, you'd have a celeb then, keeper right, coming. Have a celeb, celeb keeper. Or like a stig, like a keeper with a... Yeah. You wouldn't know who it was, and at the end, it says, oh, it's Tim Flowers. Von der Leyen versus Johnson, and uh, who better than uh, the new Barnet manager, Tim Flowers? Absolutely Tim, right. A couple of minutes of looking back, yeah, showing that goal go. at Latis scored, sure. everyone has a laugh, oh, yeah. And then he, he faces the penalty, I and mean, then... Yeah. Um, Frost, Nixon, yeah. Peggy Arfaxad. Right, it. it's marvellous. So we want the yeah. goalkeeper from you, and indeed the... Uh, <laughs> The thing that needed settling by penalty shootout, within reason. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Max Rushton here on TalkSport. Theo Walcott has uh, been talking up his teammate James Ward-Prowse, understandably. Of course, he played with David Beckham, but he says, after every training session, I see James taking free kicks and I just sit there and remember watching Beckham all those years ago. I always thought I should have got involved with free kicks, but he was just too good. Now I see James and think, you're better. It's just the way he adjusts his run-up. It's always match prepared. It's brilliant to watch, and it is showing. He is always such a threat, especially when you've got players running at defenders and trying to win three kicks. It's almost a penalty for him these days. You know what you mean, because he is... Yeah. He's fantastic, isn't he? Uh, let's chat now to our very own Jamie O'Hara here on TalkSport, who's been known to put away the odd uh, set piece. Good afternoon, Jamie. Afternoon, lads. How are we? Good. Good. The, the Roberto you. Carlos of Billericay. Yeah. Jamie. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't go that far, but I've, I've scored a couple, but not, nothing like uh, Ward-Prowse, that's for sure. When when you get that opportunity, so whatever club you've been at, Wolves or wherever, or at Spurs, Jamie, when... You know, just to say, can I have this one? I'll have this one. This is, I yeah. fancy this. I mean, I take it you've built up a reputation in training with players. And so uh, they um, think, oh, yeah, Jamie can put it away. So we'll trust him with this one. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I used to be on free kicks at Portsmouth and, and Wolves and things like that. I was, uh, you know, as soon as you go in, you have to kind of, um, you know, you have to go in and stake your claim for them, really, because a lot of teams now have of obviously specialist players that, that can take free kicks. And I always used to just spend sort of 10 minutes after every training session um, just working on a routine. I think if you watch, you know, the best players' routines now, you, you talk about Beckham and, and Ward-Prowse and players like that, you know, they, they have a routine. So wherever they are, they, they set up the same. They, I think Ward-Prowse bounces the ball a couple of times and then puts it down and takes four or five steps back. But you know, I always took one or two steps and that was just how I felt like I could get the, the timing right of, of where I obviously wanted to put it, but um, a lot of it as well is is natural ability, in my opinion. Do you know what I mean? Like you've just got that natural ability to get it up and down over a wall. Mm. But uh, I, I, I just when I went in at Portsmouth, obviously I, I only went in on loan, and I ended up taking a lot of the free kicks just because in training I was the one who was putting them in the top corner. Right. Okay. And and like when you're at the end of training. How many are there of you queuing up and taking free kicks? And is there because you always hear this cliche? He's last on the training ground, and I didn't necessarily yeah. have you down as last on the training ground, Jamie. But but are there like <laughs> yeah. are there like are there like three or four of you on the training ground? I hope they all leave, so I'll be the last on the training ground. <laughs> well, you, you you always get a few, don't you? I used to, there used to be the old centre ask come out want to do finishing after the game, and I was, and people used to just say, "Listen, you get in," you know. But, uh, <laughs> I think we had Ben Ayin used to try and come out and take free, like, free kicks. And in the end, it was like, mate, you're just wasting their time. Like, no way. But <laughs> yeah. you normally get three or four, you know, and you, you, you want to practice on them. And you normally get the ones who, you know, obviously the midfielders or the, or the wingers are normally good at, at free kicks. Or people take corners. Um, it's also about a feeling as well. You know, certain players are better from different areas. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ward-Prowse is great from any area. But, you know, there was certain, I, I used to like taking them from sort of 25 yards out. Mm. I think anything a little bit closer used to get sort of... Um, 
like a striker or a Prince Boateng used to take him. And, uh, you know, because people, look, there's some people like putting them in different areas. And I always felt like I was better from, from, from 25 yards out from on the left side of the 18-yard box where I could get it over the wall uh, and that side of the keeper. But, you know, I, I think as well, it's, it's I mean, when I watch Ward Prowse now, his talent, the way he just steps up, it actually, actually is like a penalty. You think he can put this anywhere, um, and it's and it's on target like ninety percent of the time. Hmm. Becoming the free kick taker, you go into a new club, Jamie. Obviously, there's a hierarchy. There's boys already taking them. Being yeah. the one to say, you know, well, uh, I'm here now. Is it is it quite difficult to get the ball off people to get the opportunity? Are they quite territorial when you go to a oh, new club? A million percent. I mean, everyone <laughs> wants to take a free kick because it's a set piece, isn't it? It's hmm. a set piece, so it's 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 a chance for you to to go one-on-one with a keeper, you know. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of people have got egos, in, uh, especially in the Premier League and, and the modern day. A lot of players have got egos and want to be the one that steps up. But, it, you know, you, you've got to score a couple you know, from the start, you know. You've got to get off the bat and you hit a couple that go in. Then all of a sudden you state your claim. I think it's a bit like penalties when, when a new player comes in and says, I want to take penalties. As soon as the regular penalty taker misses one, you get the chance, you put it away, then that's it. You're on penalties. And I think it's a little bit like that with free kicks. You know, mm. you've got to... You've got to be consistent. You know, you've got to do it on a regular basis. And if you score one, that's it. Then it's yours and, and, yeah. until that changes. But I always used to set up, you know, when I was at Wolves, I used to work on a set piece, you know, because I was left-footed, used to like to move the ball a little bit. Sometimes I didn't like taking it as a, as, a dead, as a dead ball. We'd always try and set something up, try and move a defender or move the wall. And that always seemed to work better for me. But the players, they can just get it up and down now, like Ward Prowse. It is, it is unbelievable and it's a great technique, but it's just work, it's practice and it's a routine that you stick to. He doesn't change it. Whatever sort of distance he is, he still has the same setup. It's like a golf shot. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And does the manager, you know, sure you must be at clubs where the manager says, this, is, this guy's on penalties and this guy's on free kicks. Because quite often you do see, so for example, that last minute, you know, Spurs Palace and Harry Kane and Eric Dyer having a chat and sort of deciding who's going to take it. You'd, yeah. you'd imagine, you know, a lot of managers now you know, take care of the finer details and that's not even a fine detail. Yeah, I know. I mean, 100% people are on free kicks, but I think it's also about a feeling in the game, you know, mm. like there's also a feeling like where, you know, you talk about the David Beckham one against Greece. He had five or six before and, and, and didn't it. And Teddy Sheridan wants to take one because he feels like he's got the feeling he can take, but Beckham believes in his, himself so much. And I yeah. think that's the same thing, you know, like you might step up in the eight and a half minute the player who's normally on free kicks, he's having one. Do you know what I mean? And he probably don't feel like taking one. So it's also about the feeling as well. But most managers will have definitely penalty takers, unless you're at Man United and you just let whoever take it. But... <laughs> 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 that, that doesn't explain Harry uh, Harry Kane, though, Jamie, who, who is quite, he's not great at free kicks. He seems to take a lot of them. They either go over the wall, they hit the wall, or they hit the wall and, and, and go over the bar. I think he's got that funny technique. I think Eric Dyer likes taking them when it's a bit closer because he can get it up and down. Mm. I think if he's a little bit further out, Harry Kane likes taking them. He's that kind of straight foot one where it moves. You saw his goal, obviously, against Palace. He can yeah. move the ball. Sure. And I think from a set piece, if you when it's when it's standing still, it's a lot easier to get the ball moving because you can just work on a, hitting mm. a certain part of the ball, you know, and it, and it moves a lot more. So I think that's why he takes them. Um, they don't go in very often, do they? I, I think if it was not Harry Kane, someone would be taking the ball off of him. <laughs> well, Bale took that one, didn't he, on Thursday? Yeah. Hmm. And Gareth Bale was obviously, you know, you're talking, you're talking Tottenham. There's, there's yeah. three or four of them who, who, who want to take them, and that's just down to someone being consistent enough to say, right, I'm taking it from this area, and you're taking it from that area. Um, 
and then, and then you know each player's positions where who's, who's best at that. And yeah. you know, when you've got really good players who can take them from different angles, like Ward Prowse, mm. then it's like you're taking free kicks from everywhere. But when you've got three or four players with different techniques, you can vary it up and change it. Yeah. Jamie, good to talk to you. Cheers, pal. Uh, we're here from your Friday. Actually, when are you in before Friday? Thursday morning, I'm on. Yeah, Thursday morning, I'm on. Lovely. I'll probably be on uh, your one at the end where I'm making a mistake or two. Oh, <laughs> no, that very rarely happens. Uh, yeah, Take cheers, care, Jamie. Mate. All the best. Take care. Right, uh, Jamie O'Hara there. He's uh, back Thursday morning with uh, Alan Brazil. And then Friday evenings, of course, we're building up to uh, game day. Yeah, this is from Abs on, te- on tipping. So yeah. I know a bit late. Mm. Uh, many years ago, while I was living at home, my mum's washing machine packed in. So she called out an engineer and left me in charge and left some money to pay the fella. A few hours later, a chap turned up with a clipboard. He said, where do you want me to start from to which i replied it's in the kitchen and it doesn't spin my mum needs it working to which he looked a bit dazed anyway he tinkered about with it and asked me for some tools which i thought was a bit strange and he managed to fix it so all good after that another knock on the door to my surprise was a washing machine engineer the first fellow was an estate agent that my <laughs> that my dad had arranged to market the house anyway i gave him 20 quid for his services before he started measuring the did, house uh, did he fix it he <laughs> yeah, got he it fixed, fixed it yeah wow. engineer no call out charge he probably would have well sorry mate you know i've, I've got have to charge it. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Now we Friday, uh, Martin Kellner brings us uh, a select week of sport on TV, hand-picked gems. It's a great feature. Um, but uh, Steve Hill has gone quantity rather than uh, quality. Well, I mean, it's maybe a bit of both, he would argue. Steve, in his new book, Wall of Sport, My Descent into Multi-Green... Uh, multi-screen, not multi-green. <laughs> multi-screen <laughs> madness. Uh, tells a story of a whole year of watching sport on TV and, indeed, uh, listening on the radio. Quite a lot of it to talk sport, we're pleased to say. Good afternoon, Steve. Hi, Paul, again. Yes, Hi, so good Max. to talk to you again. Hey, yes. um, so th- this was, um, I mean, it's, it, quite a lot of it is uh, you, you go to games, you go and watch Chester play, and then you watch a lot of sport on TV. Quite a lot of it happens in the bath on your telephone, isn't it? So um, I've, I've noticed that's, that's uh, a place where you watch quite a lot of sport. <laughs> the iPad at the end of the bath, yeah. So occasionally during the World Snooker Championship, I can put two iPads at the end of a bath. <laughs> Oh, wow. easily, easily kill a couple of hours. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I'm a lower step. I watched an entire Premier League game in the bath. Really? Chelsea Watford. Oh, did you run out of hot? Because you have to keep filling up the hot, don't you? You have to keep turning the hot Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, not, yeah it's not yeah. very um, ecologically sound. Was the book born then, Steve, of the fact you watch a lot of sport on TV and you thought, why don't, why don't I just sort of chart a whole year of it and so I can get a record of what I actually do watch? Absolutely, yeah. I didn't send myself a quest. I remember saying this years ago to... Um, you know, friend of the show, Richard Foster, the playoff mm, guy, he was yeah. picking brains a few years ago, and I mentioned it then. I ended up writing a different book, The Card. Remember I came on a couple of years yes, ago? Yes, yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. I mean, I mean I just, I've just i noticed that bit in the book. Uh, Andy was off that day. Sam Delaney was in. Um, yes. And, yeah, that's right. And you say, quite clearly, neither of them had read a word of the book, you said, rather unkindly. I was unkindly. hoping you hadn't got that far. I was hoping <laughs> You have this one. Well, I tell you, it shame me into reading quite a lot of this one. Um, no, but no, not of course not. But uh, yeah, you, you quite. It's radio. It's not just telly. It's 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 radio listening. It's the you you immerse yourself in in the media of sport all day for a Lots year. Of media experience. You yeah. guys are sat there in the, in the mothership. I mean, you're you're talking about sport twenty four hours a day. Well, mm. you know. This is the world we live in. So there's a little bit of harking back to the good old days, but also recognising that, that these are the good old days. I mean, you can literally watch sport from the moment you wake up. I mean, I'm just looking at my schedule tonight. I've got uh, Chester Bradford Park Avenue in the FA Trophy. That'll go on the projector. Two Premier League games. 
then the, the, the dart starts tonight. You have to watch every single dart of the World Darts Championship. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it, I, I don't know about the good old days. I do sort of feel sometimes. Like I, I the other day sent a tweet out saying, look, I, if I when I run football, I would say absolutely there is no football on a Thursday night. There's none on a Friday night. You can have two games on a Saturday. Nothing starts before one thirty because it's too early. Yeah. Don't don't you think Steve? There's just you can have too much of a good thing, or am I not contractually allowed to say that out loud? No, before he Absolutely. answers that, let me just point out that on Friday the 29th of June 2018, Steve said, a rest day in the bath, I watch a repeat of Panama 1, Tunisia, <laughs> in its in, Tunisia 2. In its in, so, I mean, I think the answer to that is no, isn't it, Steve? Well, that, so that was the day after england Colombia, wasn't it, I think? So I wasn't mm. feeling at my best. So right. I thought, yeah, you, we need to get up to date with the World Cup. Again, a World Cup, you need to watch every game. This is where um, split screen comes in. But also, so yeah, the book is written in 2018, World Cup year, which was difficult because I had to pick up my son from school at three and there were four o'clock kickoffs. So um, <laughs> he spent a lot of time with a packet of crisps in the pub in front of <laughs> France v Peru. Or <laughs> um, Max, yeah, as, hmm. as, as you were saying, um, too much sport when when sport disappeared in the summer it was it was like a breath of fresh air i felt released i'd, I'd sat in the garden and read about 10 books if it's not happening you don't miss it i think yeah but i think it's i think it's the fear of missing out i mean if if it wasn't there i mean who would care but um and did you, did yeah, you imagine if i sorry carry on go on no, I was going to say, it's one of these it's a skype delay moment yeah you really is, yeah. you, you go you go over to you caller you're through i was just saying if, i mean imagine if i don't watch the darts tonight and there's a nine darter i would never forgive myself over well I, I i do agree with that but i wondered you know at some point during this diary did you not think i started this and it's europa league and i could just watch a detective drama i could watch vera for an evening well i do yeah i do watch high quality drama as well but um what I don't do, I don't watch any soaps. I've not watched a soap since uh, Ken Barlow decked Mike Baldwin and left him on the cobbles. It's wow, a great scene. I just, I just thought that's it. I'm done. I've been watching this for decades. I'm out. And uh, I've not watched a reality show since. I watched the first series of Big Brother. Nothing since. So that frees up a bit of time. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Is, there, is there a sport you won't watch, Steve? Is there one that is, you, you draw the line somewhere? But I'm mean, looking. There's yeah. quite obscure yeah. sports. So you, you're watching sort of climbing. At one point, I noticed <laughs> Olympic youth climbing on the on the it. red button. Yes, <laughs> on the red button. Actually, it's not like you happened upon it. You had to go and look for it on the red button. Olympic youth climbing. <laughs> it's a sickness, man. It's mad. Uh, I I do struggle with rugby. To be honest, rugby is okay. fairly low down in my priorities because right. you know I just don't know what's happening. A lot of people roll about and suddenly it's a penalty. But I actually enjoyed that. England, there was an England game the other day that I actually quite enjoyed without knowing what's happening. But that's the other thing. A lot of the time, I don't know what's happening. I don't really know the rules of cricket, despite having watched it since since the eighties. <laughs> and um, I am I am trying to drop American things because I watch an entire NFL game, and five minutes later, I can't actually remember who won or or what happened because you know culturally, geographically, it, it just means nothing. It's just, it's just a lot of running about. I think Sometimes some... I watch a game, I don't realise which team is which. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something quite interesting in the way we consume sport now. You were mentioning you've got your projector there and your laptop here and your TV there. And Quite often I'm watching a football match and, you know, Mrs. Russian doesn't really like football, so I'll have it on the laptop unless it's a, a really big game and there'll be, you know, Bear grills on the telly yeah. and then I'm on Twitter on my phone and then I realise I haven't actually watched any of the game and mm. it's just sort of... Oh, you don't, you don't. You're better off just turning your social media off. Yeah. Well, I remember, Max, you tweeted the other day about trying to simultaneously watch three penalty shootouts. Do you remember? Yeah. Yes. Uh, that, that, that's the essence of the book, really. And 
you know, exactly. You don't know what's happening. You're almost better just choosing a game and watching it because nobody actually watches football these days. You sort of look up when there's a bit of VAR, look up for a penalty. I mean, I'm trying to watch the snooker now. Judd Trump looks like he's through. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> you see yeah, this? You, you end up, at the end of the day, you don't know what's happened. You go, hey, what have I actually just done with my life? I think that there was a low point. I got to 3.30 a.m. I was watching a repeat of Premier League darts. They'd have a, a brief, brief moment of realisation. Daryl Superchin Gurney taking on somebody. I did think, what, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. Well, look, this was... Remember, a, you've charted this for the book, the whole of 2018, but, I mean, could you have easily written the same book in 2019 and 2020, you think? If it is, or was it tailed absolutely. off a bit? Well, like, I'm trying to let the American stuff go a bit because I, I just mm. I really don't know what's happening. But, yeah, I mean, this... Yeah, but luckily, 2018 was a normal year. Obviously, this year's been turned on its head, so yeah. it does almost ca- ca- capture one of the last normal years of sport. But also, like, the way, you know... It, the time of the year is defined by what you're watching. April is a snooker. The darts is Christmas. Imagine Christmas without the darts. Absolutely pointless. Yeah. And of course, and of course, Christmas Day, the worst day of the year. Nothing on. <laughs> That's right. You're going back to the heady days of the fifties and sit. We used to play on Christmas Day. Of course, you'd love oh, that, yeah. wouldn't you, Steve? A, a game, on, game on Christmas Day. Back to back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, good to talk. Love- good to talk to you. And the book is available. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I think hopefully that's come across in the last five minutes. Ockley Books um, have, have published it, and it's out now. And uh, yeah, and uh, would you would you do it again? Would you go back in twenty twenty one if they ask you for a new one? Well, in theory, you could write it every year, couldn't you? you could- um, <laughs> this is just you could- an almanac. Almost. Yeah, it could be a record um, of the sport on TV for the year. So good- yeah, it's. Yeah, go on. I'll just, just say, yeah, there's only a couple of hundred copies left for Christmas, so oh, um, get them all. Oh, right. Okay. Okay, brilliant. Okay, so uh, it's, it's available on Amazon and everywhere else as well, isn't it, I take it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Boys. Good to talk to you, Steve. Thanks very much. Thank you, mate. Cheers, guys. Bye. Steve Hill there, Wall of Sport, My Descent into Multi-Screen Madness. It is a lot of fun. It's a really funny book. It's so, quite uh, the commitment, isn't it? Yeah. There's a level. I mean, there's just sitting in the bath, setting up an iPad to watch Snoop Two in the iPads bath, in the I bath, would, and then watching an old Premier League question, game on repeat. I would question myself. Here's a, here's a text from Castle yeah. in Birmingham. It says, I hadn't played football for five years after hmm. retiring. I was on holiday in Spain about 20 years ago. The hotel arranged a game between England holidaymakers and Spanish holidaymakers. I played up front and the centre half kept punching me in the back every time the ball came to me. So next time it came to him, I gave him an elbow in the ribs. He immediately punched me in the ear with a right hook. I turned around and punched him on the nose. On the evening, uh, I heard someone say, I don't think Lopez will be playing Wednesday. Some idiot broke his nose today at football. <laughs> I later found out it was Lopez Ricarte who played for Real Sociedad. He'd only come for a weekend break because Real weren't playing that weekend. They had Champions League game midweek. Really? Blimey. And he put him out of the game. Yeah, absolutely. That used to be a staple the, uh, years ago when the, the, the kind of uh, first of the Spanish package holidays, the game between the yeah. staff and the holidaymakers. And often a bit of a, uh, quite a, an Anglo-German side would take shape. Oh, that's uh, nice. Working in together. tandem oh, to take on the, the waiters. There'd always be one waiter that said, oh, yeah, he was at Real Madrid when he was a kid. But uh, it, was, it, was, it was a bit of a staple that back in the day. Oh, Probably nice. not so much now. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Yes, Bryfold Binney's uh, back once again. We've plundered the, uh, well, I have anyway, the shoot um, in focus features, and we're going to pit two players against each other. Max has got a guess who gave the answer. It all kicked off with Johan Croy from Fred Binney, the former Brighton player. And uh, beef stroganoff really is what we always come back yeah, to. Was that Cruyff or was that Binney? Strangely, 
It was Binny, just a plain steak for Johan Cruyff. Not as cosmopolitan as maybe we all thought. So we learn things about the players. We absolutely, do, sometimes. Yeah. And um, well, we've been, been on a journey, haven't we? Well, we we've thought tried... that journey ended with France Car or Romeo Zondervan, which was uh... which was uh, which was weak. Let's yeah, be honest. I saw the disappointment in your face. But we've done it today because I think it's quite uh, it's quite topical because uh, there's been a lot of talk in the last 24 hours after Arsenal's defeat to uh, Burnley that Big Sam might be the answer. I think there was actually a call to the sports bar last night the bloke said bring him in we're in a dog fight bring him in so uh, that seems to get a bit of traction that idea Okay. so I looked at the betting and yeah. uh, always in the betting for any manager's job really um, is uh, it, it's always Big Sam mm-hmm. or Alan Kerbish oh marvellous Al and Big Sam always feature but how much do we actually really know about those two men sure. or did we know about them during their playing days when Big Sam was at Bolton and Alan Kerbishley was uh, doing his thing for uh, Ian Danter's Birmingham City. And do well, you think the the odds for either manager may change after the clubs hit Arsenal hear well, about if the lives of Kerbishley and well, Allardyce? If well, if the Arsenal hierarchy are listening, I mean, Ada has given him the vote of confidence, but who knows? Uh, they may change their mind based on some of the answers you give and some of the answers that appeared in Shoop. So let's rock on, shall mm-hmm. we? Uh, he's called Big Sam, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Of course, uh, we, we throw that about. But which of them? is actually six foot two inches tall, and or was then, and 13, 13 stone two pounds during their playing days. Was it Big Sam or was that Alan Kerbishley? Six be. foot. Who was the bigger of the two that, men? That can't be Alan Kerbishley. It's about five foot seven, isn't it? I'm going, well, I'm going Allardyce. You are, you've gone Big Sam, you were right yes, too. Yeah. Oh, Alan so. wasn't that small. Alan was, uh, he was five foot ten and a half right, and 11 okay. stone four. But uh, he's Big Sam for a mm. reason. But we always ease you in, don't we? Yeah. Who was behind the wheel of a Ford Capri at this stage? Was that uh, Big Sam or was that Curbs? Who oh, was driving? No, I'm not. I'm not seeing Sam. I'm not seeing Big Sam in a Capri. Really? I'm not. I'm going full Curbishly. Well, you are right to. Nice. Yeah, he was in the he was in the Ford Capri. Um, whereas uh, Big Sam was driving the Hillman Hunter around yeah, Bolton at that time. Was. So feel free to join in at home, folks, and see if you can uh, get to the answers. Whose um, other favourite sport? was cricket. Uh, do you see Sam as a cricket fan? Or, or, or I've spent a lot of time with Sam in this in this very room. And when the crickets come on, on the telly, is he engaged? Like, like you mean, like you mean. And then he looks up. And then it comes on and he's thinking, he loves it. I can't, Sri Lankan Premier League, never miss. Kerbishly. It was Kerbs, yeah. And can you guess? Um, you could probably guess Sam's favourite sport at that time away from football. Snooker? No, it was golf. Okay, it right. was golf. Okay. It was going to be snooker or golf. So you're doing quite well. I think if you got, uh, you got three so far. out of three, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's who's, ever got hundred percent. Whose favourite uh, food was roast beef and Yorkshire pudding? <laughs> was that is, whose mark was that? Well, would you say was I that Alan Kerbishley? Have an interesting chat on breakfast with Sam about toasties, and he went into great detail about his, his favourite toasty, and he did say, "I'm not a bechamel sauce man," as, uh, we, as okay. you could expect. I, you, I mean. Unless you're throwing me a curveball, I'm going... Actually, I mean, curves could like that too. Okay, I'm going Big Sam. You're right to go Big Sam. Yeah, in this particular super focus, Curbs really didn't talk about any preferences um, food-wise. Oh, really? he, okay. he could just take it or leave it, fine, nothing in particular. Fine. Very so well done. You're doing very well. Thanks. Now, whose um, favourite band was this? Are you really? 
That's called Steely Dan, but who was the big Steely Dan fan and probably still is? Uh, Alan Kerbishley um, or Big Sam? Steely Dan, yeah. Kerbishley. You're absolutely spot on, of course. uh, Alan's brother, Bill, managed the Who. And uh, so, you know, he's he's a man who loves his music. Where was Sam? Quo? The Quo? He was the walrus of love, not him personally. Barry White. Oh, okay. uh, Excellent. In the Hillman Hunter... Uh, the eight-track cassette would go in, and it was probably Barry live at the Albert Hall. You're doing incredibly marvelous. well. If you could go through the card, this would be history in the making. Absolutely. We remember, remember where we were. Still plenty of time, though. Whose dislike yeah. uh, was media people who attack the game yet make a living from it? <laughs> Hello? Al? I've seen you on Sky and you, uh, Big Sam. So, uh, who, uh, who was that? Who said that? Was that Alan Kirbishley or was that um, Big Sam? Kirbishley. You're absolutely right. Yeah, <sighs> uh, Sam's dislikes were travelling. Yeah. <laughs> Sam didn't like travelling. No. If the, if the Ilman Hunter left the, the immediate environment of Bolton, he, he would turn back. Um, whose favourite show featured this music, TV show? That's the way to drill a defence, isn't it, really? So, um, play that. So, is that Curbs or is that Big Sam? Who was the big Benny Hill fan? Um, Allardyce. Oh, this is getting... I'm getting worried now because I could never live with this 10 out of 10. Yep, uh, he liked Forty Towers and uh, Monty Python and Benny Hill. Oh, great. The tragedy is I'm really genuinely quite getting quite excited. (laughs) I know. Who saw themselves, if they weren't a footballer, what would they be? A chef... So is that Big Sam or is that Alan Kerbish? You saw a future in the kitchen. Um, any any thoughts on that? Well, I've got to choose one, haven't I? Yeah, you have, yeah, yeah. Who would it be? Kerbishly. I'm terribly oh, sorry. No. The, it's gone. Oh. It was it was Big Sam. He saw himself as a chef, but obviously not working with a bechamel sauce. He wouldn't be making any palmos for anybody. Oh. Um, uh, Alan didn't know. Alan oh, had right. no idea what okay. he'd be doing. Okay. Now, Sam's already told us he doesn't like travelling. No. But we worked on the basis that he had travelled somewhere. But who? Uh, his favourite holiday resort was the Algarve in Portugal. <laughs> I mean, that could, that is that is six of one half a dozen of another with those two I reckon. Yeah, I will. Who favoured the Algarve? The Algarve, Kirbishly. Well, that's bold because I think Sam's got a place on the he Algarve, does, yeah. Money, yeah. So, um, so you might have gone Sam. S- Sam was Spain, so mm. you are absolutely right. It was yeah, Kerbs. Kerbs so love the Algarve. It's nine and out of finally, ten. oh no, eight out of nine so far. Um, who said? Um, uh, yes, which person in the world would you most like to meet? Who went with John Cleese? Is that Big Sam? Well, I've already had the Python uh, clue. Well, from, maybe I've had the a, Python clue maybe from Allardyce. It's a double whammy. It might be counterintuitive. I'll, I'll go Allardyce. You're absolutely right. Um, Curb said uh, he was looking forward to meeting the England manager who gives him his first full cap. Oh, okay, good answer. So there we are. You oh, did one nine out of ten. Chefing from Allardyce that let me good. down. I mean, a bit like Joan Armour trading let me down on the birthday sweep spread. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you think? Do you think having worked with Sam by osmosis, you've soaked up a lot of that, Sam? I think, think, think that really you, helped. You knew. I hadn't really? done. As, I'd done virtually no shows with Binny or Cruyff, and I think it showed. Has he still got the Hillman Hunter? Have you ever seen him in the car park? <laughs> I, I doubt if he has. Really. I imagine him with one of those big old Jags. Yeah. Do you think? That's I think he. Think yeah. Sam would be it would be marvelous. Yeah. Dame the Sovereign. The Hawks. And Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon. Quite a performance, Max in Croyford Binney. I mean, I know you're coming away 
upset because you didn't get 10 out of 10. I mean, because it, it, well, it would have really rewritten the history books of Croy for Binney, wouldn't yeah, it? it? Would, if, I yeah, had yeah. Got, if I had got 10, maybe that would have killed the whole feature. But as it is, there's life in it. And yeah. maybe it'll be back tomorrow. The engraver was poised. It was <laughs> that old thing you right. often yeah, see yeah, at the yeah, open. Yeah. The old engraver, but it never quite happened. No. But anyway, maybe another time. So that's us. We're back uh, tomorrow from one. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.